At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The following is an exclusive presentation of the Carolina Panthers and the National Football League. Yeah! Touchdown! Touchdown! Panther Talk! Panther Talk! This is Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Logan standing, reverses Fran Tarkin in style, rolls out to the near side. Now the sidearm throw in zone, <laughs> caught for the touchdown, right side. It's one of those deals where... Um, we go back, we watch the tape, we try to see what was good, what wasn't good. Um, but at the end of the day, any time that we come out to play and we don't win, and specifically when we have a lead and we don't win, uh, it's unacceptable. And now, along with Jim Zoki and Eugene Robinson, here's Mick Mixon with Panther Talk. Live from the Panthers broadcast facility at Bank of America Stadium. So the NFL's youngest team, the Carolina Panthers, lined up not one but two sparring partners, and both are heavyweights, not afraid to throw some leather around. The Panthers got cuffed up a bit on Thursday at Indy. Looked like they were ready to take a standing eight count at one point at practice before finally responding and landing a few solid blows. Then Carolina flew home last night. Judge Eugene Robinson at ringside, how's your scorecard look? Very, very good. But there was a lot of things that were were bad that you you, you want to eliminate. And so I, I love the way P.J. Walker played. I love what I saw from the receiving game. I, it was it was terrific. I love what I saw on the defense. But as you mentioned, that little heavyweight fight, not winning that heavyweight fight that you should have won, um, leaves a sour taste in my mouth. Have you ever been, when you played 16 years in the NFL, Eugene, have you ever been part of a team that maybe, I mean, I don't know if you even did joint practices, but I'm just thinking about how the Panthers kind of came out a little too sporting, maybe a little too polite against the Colts, and then – Finally, had to kind of get that get that figured out. Yeah, I, I wanted to, I wanted to see the nastiness early. I wanted to yeah. see it like I wanted to see it get going, and particularly because we we played against I played against teams or whether I was with Atlanta or whether I was Green Bay, uh, even Seattle that we we would have these joint practices, and then it would be super duper fire on practice, and then you couldn't wait for the game because what you saw in practice and how you was dominating in practice, you know that that team was in for some trouble, and so. I, I wanted to see that materialize, and I think the fact that we didn't see it is because the starters didn't play. 
And so I got to give you a little a, a little of a pass because the starters weren't playing that game. There was a lot of uh, twos and threes that were in that game, and uh, I can expect that the, print, the tip will be picked up, but I can't expect that it's going to be the same as I would see with the starters because they're getting the majority of the reps when they're going against the team in practice. Eugene Robinson on Panther Talk, Jim Zoki as well, Mick Mixon at your service. Joy to be with you. We love this, at least I do. Anyway, I can't wait to, to be with you on Monday nights and, and break down Panther football as best we know how. We do have some good guests tonight, Matt Rule, Scott Fitterer, Zoke's got a player interview. But, Eugene, um, I want to ask you about the safety position because yes. we all know what Jeremy Chin is capable of. So there are some in, I think, Panther Nation that have said, why is Carolina moving this impact player farther back and away from some of the action where he was so effectively able to get in there and mix it up and plug some holes last year? Because at free safety, you're not counted in the blocking scheme. When you drop down, you become effective because nobody counts you. And given that the range of that young man, incredible. Don't forget, Robinson had an interception in the game. Jeremy Chin would have been in that spot. I would say Jeremy Chin would have took that to the house. I mean, it was great coverage. The ball was thrown behind. Robinson still made a great play because even if the ball was thrown on the front side, he would have been able to knock down the ball. But the fact it was thrown behind, he had a clean interception. Imagine that's Jeremy Chin based on what we saw, what he did last year. I'm telling you, free safety is a natural-born position for him because you get to make endless amount of tackles. You get to make, uh, have effect on the ball all the time, whether it's in the air or whether it's running, and then nobody accounts for you. And if you got the speed of Jeremy Chin, you just became super-duper dangerous. Quarterbacks don't want to face you because they're like, man, this guy's going to show up like Troy Palomalo. Oh, no, he's back like Steve Atwater. Oh, my goodness, this guy's like Ronnie Lott. Oh, he's like Kenny Lee hitting you. He's every bit of all those guys intertwined because of his ability. Free safety is a natural position for him. So it sounds like you're saying you're a fan. I'm a fan. He's not going to have the traffic of pulling guards and and linebackers or um, uh, fullbacks and tight ends trying to get in his way. And and because he he has much, much more depth than a linebacker, he gets to see a lot of those things develop and gets to make his own path to the ball. And so he, he's like the running back on the other side making the same movements as the running back without being counted in the blocking scheme. That's excellent because you can make a lot of tackles. What did Marquise Haynes show you? I, he showed me the will that he wants to be on this team. He showed me that look. And, and you tore too also like, look, I got to go ahead and be impact. I got to make a statement on the outside because, you know what, I'm not, I'm not the starter. I'm, the, I'm another guy. And guess what? They got a lot of guys you got to be the guy that they call your number. And so I thought it was so important for that defensive front, particularly Yitor uh, and uh, Marcus, you 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 got to get off. you got to have a good game. you got to show something. you got to show that flash. If you don't show that flash, you're not on a bubble, and you may be out of luck on this team. So I thought he had a great game. It's amazing how good you have to be just to be – Mose Frazier. You remember him? Oh, yes. I was thinking about <laughs> Mose Frazier the other day. Oh, yes. I thought to be just to be on the bubble, you got to be all city, awesome. all region, all county, all state, all conference just to have a chance at making an NFL roster. And that's why when I hear fans say to me, like, oh, I could have played. No, no, you can't. Just to be on the practice squad, you better be darn good to be on the practice squad because everybody at this level is great and good. What separates you is the academics of football, that desire to go ahead and punch a man in the mouth, and that collective team effort. That will separate you. It reminds me of years ago. You remember that uh, TV show, Intern? I won't mention his name, but his initials are Ricky Bobby, <laughs> who wanted to wrestle you. He wanted to wrestle me. And move the cameras away because he was, you know, all Forsyth County. And we all looked and said, this will not go well for you. It will Eugene not Robinson. end well. 
made a living doing this kind of and thing. And I was a wrestler, too, in high school and college, so I'm just saying. I'm kind of sad that we talked him out of taking you on. That would I would have, have destroyed him. Okay. All right, we're going to, um, along with the Zoke, Jeannie Roberts, Mick, we're going to talk to uh, Coach Matt Rule. How about that? Oh, right after to. these messages. This is Panther Talk on Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Go behind the scenes of your Carolina Panthers with the Happy Half Hour Podcast. Available now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. This is Panther Talk. Brought to you by Bank of America. Official bank of the Carolina Panthers. Eason turns towards us, fakes a handoff. Being chased, taken down. Way back at the 44-yard line. Eason fakes a handoff. Look out. Backside pressure. Thumps him to the ground. Yitor Gross Matos doing the honors. Two receivers left, two receivers right. Eason's arm is hit from behind. Ball's out. Panthers pick it up and score with it, but it will be whistle dead. Panther ball at the 14-yard line. What a play. All we talk about, we just making sure like we improved from last year. I know we were short on sacks and uh, turnover that really could have helped us progress more in the season. So this year we just worked on more like just throwing our fastball, throwing our moves, making sure we gave everything we got just to, you know, get to the quarterback. And I, I feel like a lot of that helped out today. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. Head coach of the Carolina Panthers on Panther Talk, Matt Rule. Coach, uh, let's look back for a hot second. In what ways do you feel like your team got better through the time spent with Indianapolis? Uh, you know, I, I think we're, we we got way better uh, being there. I think having a chance to change up our routine, a lot of unknowns, guys having to kind of deal with that chaos. And to be honest with you, we went out there the first day and uh, kind of dipped our toe in the water against the Colts, and they certainly did not. And I um, thought we regrouped on Friday, and I thought we went out there defensively. I, I was – tremendously impressed with the way our guys practiced their physicality uh, they attacked the day and I think they left there saying hey you know what we have a chance to be a pretty good defense and offensively Sam took us down in the two minute um, you know made a bunch of plays I, I was really happy with our team coming out of Friday and then you know to have a chance to be together uh, you know seeing guys even even uh, after the game our playing was delayed and seeing guys playing cards and hanging out and talking and I mean those are the things that those are the things that bring teams together so really happy with it uh, obviously wanted to win the game, uh, but you know, as you dissect the film, really happy with the way our twos played. Some of our, of our threes at the end of the game, you know, just just a little bit of an experience, and 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 had we made a couple more plays, would have won the game. So, um, trying to build depth, uh, but at the same time, build the overall culture of the team. I, I like where they're headed. Coach, on the radio side, we commented that it looked to us from way up top that the O line was doing a fairly good job in their pass blocking. How did it look to you and your coaches? Yeah, I mean, um, I thought we did a good job in protection, and I thought we had a bunch of guys, you know, uh, Aaron Montero, Brady Christensen, have to kick over and play positions they haven't even practiced at. Uh, but, you know, they figured it out, and that's that's what a pro does. And so um, I was pleased with the protection. Um, obviously, the false starts and some of the things that guys did, we have to improve upon. Um, but there was good there that, that, that we want to build on. So help, help us understand this. So fans will hear the referee, Kia's mic, false start, number 75 offense. Is that guy gets singled out? But it, it, is it always his fault? Uh, most of the time, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but there, I mean, there's always contributing factor. My, my my job and our job is to make sure that every, you know everyone's doing what they're supposed to do. And so it's really obvious, you know, when, when a guy falls starts that it's on him. Uh, sometimes it's just a bad cadence. You know, tackles in the National Football League jump the cadence. It's what they do. It's what everyone does. Um, being consistent with our cadence, being consistent with how fast we get to the line of scrimmage, all those things will help. And um, uh, I'd, I'd expect to see us do a much better job this week. In any other ways, Coach, was the time in Indianapolis, the practice tape, the game tape that you broke down, diagnostic in some ways for you? Oh, absolutely. I think, 
schematically, I think personnel-wise, I think you know uh, you have a chance to get out there and see guys and say, hey, hey, this guy's this guy's really getting better, or hey, this guy, you know, we, this guy, we we need to we need to find a different role for him, or hey, he can help us in this way, special teams-wise, you know, offense, defense, all across the board. So, um, you know, if you take the time to learn from the tape, the practice tape, really evaluate the team, not just the players, but but how we're doing, what we're doing, um, you, you know, you, you can get way ahead quickly. How do you go about, Coach Rule, becoming a good tackling team while still trying not to beat each other up practicing it? Well, I think you have to thud, you know, really well. And it's it's hard when you, you hit a guy and you don't take him to the ground. But if you can do it, you'll be a great tackler because you bring your feet on contact. I think a lot of tackling is running to the ball and running the right angles. And so we spend a lot of time making sure that uh, we, we, we sprint full speed of the ball, we track the near hip, we stay inside out, and we use our leverage. And so um, – those are things that, you know, typically teams early in the season don't tackle real well, and so you need live reps. We take live reps in practice, even against ourselves in, in training camp, and, um, you know, that's the way the game was meant to be played. You have to do it. Uh, be smart when you can, but, but you still have to do it. It's Matt Rule on Panther Talk. Coach, what, what do you want to get out of this coming week now with another pretty salty outfit coming in in Baltimore? Well, you know, we, we put these two teams for a reason. <laughs> you know, um, well, we said for our team, you know, we're the youngest team in the NFL – um, well, what, why don't we just look at what other teams look like and other good teams look like and top five defenses and great run games and great quarterback play. Let's, let's bring them here, practice against them, and then we can see you know, where we need to improve or you know, where we stack up. And so um, there's a reason why we brought Baltimore in. Uh, the, the year after year, Coach Harbaugh and his staff and that team, you know, they're, they're, they're in the playoffs. They do things the right way. And so um, – I'm anxious to see that this week from us. Uh, anxious to see us put two, you know, two really good days of practice together, and then get to the game and 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 build off the good things we did last week and eliminate some of the bad things. Last question: We'll let you go, Coach. Thanks for your time. When will you decide how you're going to use your your regular personnel, your starters in this game? Uh, pro- probably Thursday after practice. You know, we'll see the injury report. We'll see where we're at. We'll see uh, you know how beat up we are or how healthy we are and make a decision Thursday and then you know and then we'll let everyone know so people when they come to the game will know what to expect and uh, um, you know uh, uh, you know know who's going to play. All right Matt Rule thanks coach safe travels down I-85 and we'll see you down at Wofford shortly. Appreciate you thank you. Head coach of the Carolina Panthers Eugene I don't think that you and the Zook and and I have collectively had a chance to talk that much well, I know we have it in person about Matt Rule when you listen to him talk about football and about the men who play it does he come across to you as somebody that uh, you would have enjoyed playing for yeah he has a high football IQ you can tell whether he's talking defensively special teams offense he jumps right in it and he knows the nuances and the details that you have to be able to communicate so when I listen to him I listen to him as a coach instructing me going I'm like okay yeah get to his near hip yeah get to his upfield shoulder those things like that they they mean a lot and so when he's talking football ease if you will He's, he's speaking my language, and so he, I'd love to play for him. I think it's cool, too, how um, like there were some guys that had, on the surface, good games yesterday, some of the rookie players. And he said, okay, after you got done looking at your highlights, now we can look at the tape and, and learn how to get better. Uh, even the Tommy Tremble touchdown was kind of a backyard improv play, and uh, it was meant for Omar Bayless. And it was meant for, somebody, it. It was it was meant meant for Omar Bayless, yes, and Tremble stepped in front of it. Yes. So we're sort of go, wow, P.J. Walker just rolled out and hit that dart and uh, – None of that play was called. The play wasn't supposed to happen because they were trying to get uh, to the two-minute warning, and I even called that play in advance of that. So P.J. missed on that, but he made this improv play, and it worked out. 
that may or may not work in the regular season. But I like, but the the bigger picture of that comment is that it's like you know, let's not just like act like we just like had it all figured out and that was a great play. Let's look at these plays and see where we could have, even though we scored on that play, where we could have done better and done things right. Doesn't it seem to you? And we talk about this some, but I'm not sure even sure on air, but off air we've talked about. I know that so many red zone touchdown passes are up high, back rail receiver goes yes. up and gets it. The reason for that. NFL players, first of all, everything shrinks down in the red zone. And what NFL defenders are capable of is impressive. And so, P.J. Walker, don't you think he's got to see that? There's no, he's not. That's a college. That's a high school. Maybe you could have threaded that ball in there. But think about the touchdown passes that Brady and Breeze and Manning and, 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 and Matt Ryan and all the rest have where it's doink way up high. Yes, Two feet down, back rail of the end zone. The classic Dwight Clark with Joe Montana. Exactly. And as a defensive back, you're looking at that ball coming up, and you're like, is that ball selling up high on top of me? And, and then when you, you're trying to time it and jump to make sure that you get the ball. But it's, it's deceptive when you see it. And so you're absolutely right. P.J. got away with one. You know, he really did get away with one right there because typically that ball can get intercepted if it's not tailing up high. Well, he had another one in the end zone that should have been intercepted. There was yep. a diving linebacker had two hands on it. And that was one where he probably could have ran it in or at least gotten very close to running it in without throwing the ball. Oh, I saw that play again today a couple of times on the .com on the website a few places, and it's wide open. He, They probably would have got to him around the line of the game, but it looked like he could have easily, if not scored a touchdown, gotten the first down on that mm-hmm. third down play. You know, but I was impressed earlier with him on, and just how quickly he got the ball out and how he moved in the pocket. And there was one play that he threw to, uh, I think it was Terrace that he threw the ball to. And as he was rolling out, he could have elected to run and take off and pick up another 10, 15 yards. Instead, he threw it across across the field, going to his right, hit the receiver. The receiver runs down the field another 25, 30 yards, whatever it was. And I was like, wow, it kind of reminded me of Russell Wilson a little bit that, hey, you scramble to throw the ball. You don't scramble to run. Why is it that as human beings, we all want to be different? Skinny people want to be bigger. Uh-huh. B- bigger people want to be skinny. Uh-huh. Passing quarterbacks want to show they can run. Running quarterbacks want to show they can stay in the pocket. Just once I'd like to meet somebody besides me who says that really my only concern is why the rest of the world can't be more like I am. It's a, such a lonely existence you have. <laughs> oh, that's a good one right there. You're absolutely right. You gotta and you're lonely for a couple reasons. <laughs> you, you one is for being perfect, and the other is for saying that you were. Yes. So <laughs> you know, I think it is staying you know in your I'm lane. But it's, it's really staying in your lane and know what you can do. And at the quarterback spot, you really are, you're much more effective as a passer who can run than a runner who can pass. You're much more effective as that. I mean, you Russell get, Wilson. Yeah, you, you, everybody. Even John Elway, when he started – Running and but he stopped that like running and he was fake running and throw the ball seventy yards behind your head. I'm like, my goodness, I got to stay back downfield. And so when you can do that, you make everybody in the secondary nervous and you make us plaster. You make the linebackers go ahead and follow their coverage. And it's hard to do that for four or five seconds when you're scrambling. Because plaster, plaster, banjo, banjo. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The antithesis is like when Tebow was playing as a quarterback for Denver, and when they would complete passes, it was because they were surprised that he was throwing over the top and, yes. and making things happen because they expected him to run. They expected him to run. And so, obviously, I mean, people rip on him. I mean, the guy won a Heisman, won national titles at Florida. But in the pro level, I mean, he just was not a real NFL quarterback. And I don't think he'll be a tight end either based on what we're seeing so far yeah. either. But as far as his ability to throw, you have to respect 
and have that ability to throw, you can't just be a running quarterback. Yeah, you're dangerous. It's so dangerous when you can throw the rock because that makes you can throw it a lot faster than I can run. When you ask a question, we'll go to break here in a second. When you ask a question, you don't really know. Sometimes you kind of know what your response was going to be. So I thought when I asked Coach Rule, if it's offside 75 offense, repeat first down, is it always generally that guy's fault? I thought he was going to say, no, you got a lot of things, the quarterback, the snap count, the audibles, the check. But he said, well, yeah, yeah. it really kind of is. <laughs> Tell him, Coach Rule. Tell him about it. That's Tell him about it. it. <laughs> um, who are you going to talk to, Zoke, on your player segment tonight? I'm thinking about uh, – I'm going to try to track down Daquan Jones during the break and see if I can get him to come in for a few minutes. Zoke with Daquan Jones next. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Each week on the Jordan and Jake podcast, Panthers Hall of Honor members Jordan Gross and Jake DeLome share their thoughts on all things Carolina Panthers. Available now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Coke, official fan refreshment of the Carolina Panthers. The third down play is a run to Hubbard, oh, and he broke away. Wow. 35-40, 45-50, down the right sideline, stiff arm to the 30, out of bounds at the 20-yard line. Slot left, slot right, and Walker in trouble, faking, juking, going to try to run out of there. Now throws, and it's open. Caught, 45-yard line, down the right sideline, being chased, ball fumbled out of bounds, but Marshall takes it into Colts territory. I feel like we did great for the most part. You know, definitely had some mental mistakes. That we are definitely going to clean up, you know, this upcoming week. So, I mean, but for the most part, I feel like we did a great job. You know, we're just going to, you know, keep building off this day that we have. Back to Mick Mixon, Jim Soki, and Eugene Robinson with Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. All right, Panthers trying to uh, build from the uh, interior of their defensive line as well. Of course, Derek Brown was their first-round pick last year in his second year. You got the Bravions and the Davions, but I got uh, Daquan Jones, seven years with the Tennessee Titans. And uh, coming on board off a career season in terms of number of uh, tackles that he made last season and uh, asked him what it was like after seven years with the same team to be starting all over again here in Carolina. You kind of feel like a rookie all over again. I mean, you come in here and it's a new guy, it's a new group. And um, being in Tennessee, you see guys coming all the time. And you know how that, that, that feeling can be kind of awkward, getting to know everybody. But everyone embraced me here and uh, showed me a lot of love. And I'm, I'm just very thankful to have these guys on this team. And you're Basically in the same general area. I mean, you were playing for Tennessee, but you're from Johnson City, at least part of your life anyways, and uh, Carolina not too far from being part of that. Was that part of the factor in you wanting to be here? I mean, yeah, it was, it was close to home. You know, I have an a 18-month-old and, uh, you know, a wife back home who's uh, launching a company. So I was wanting to be, you know, close enough where if anything were to happen, I can get home pretty quickly um, and, and take care of my family. So that had a lot to do with it. How is uh, Phil Snow's defense suiting you as far as what you're doing inside on the defense? I, mean, I love it. I mean, I've pretty much been doing it my whole career. Um, so I, mean, I love it. I have no complaints about it. I mean, I think the defense is great. Um, you just never know what he's going to do out there. I just love the, the fact that you can go out there and get any type of play and they change it up. You don't make it just sit there. So I, I love it. What do you think about the young fellow, Derrick Brown, inside there with you? What you see of his potential? I mean, he's a, he's a freak of nature at the end of the day. I mean, to be that big and move, like I said earlier, it's, uh, it's really crazy, and um, I'm just happy to be here and be able to go out there and compete with him. And one more guy to ask you about, Brian Burns. Have, have you ever played with a guy kind of built like him and kind of with the, the nimble moves that he's got? I mean, no, not really. I mean, the, I mean, he's someone who can – I mean, you, you got guys who are fast off the edge, of, of course. You have young guys come in, and it can be fast, but he got the whole package, man. He can come out there. He got the speed, the moves, and um, he really focuses and works hard on that individual to really to, – to, to, you know, craft his, his craft to perfection. And um, 
I'm just really excited to go out there and line up with them and see what we can do on Sundays. Has the heat of Spartanburg been everything they told you before you came to training camp that it would be? And everything and more. <laughs> everything and more. I mean, uh, you know, it, it gets hot in Tennessee. You know, don't get me wrong, it's hot there, but uh, there's something about this heat and humidity that you, you can never get used to, and it's always going to kick your butt the first couple of days. Uh, but I'm slowly getting used to it and, and, and getting be able to pick up the pace again. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'm just ready to work, man. Looking forward to it. Daquan, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, Daquan Jones, uh, one of the uh, few uh, of the uh, the veteran guys that are 30-ish and above on the team. Injury updates are brought to you by Ortho Carolina. Your personalized orthopedic care begins with a click of a mouse. Schedule your next appointment online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, your care, your way. And uh, we'll see on Troy Pride Jr., who has an MRI today on his knee and uh, waiting results that they're going to share with us on that. Also from the game yesterday, offensive lineman uh, Deontay Brown with an ankle injury, Matt Kasky with a foot injury. And today, Coach Rule saying that Denzel Perryman, who's already been out this past week, will not be participating this week as they bring in the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. Baltimore. Mean-spirited. Yes, they are. Tradition of playing good D. Should be interesting. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk to Scott Fitterer. we got a home-and-home home series. He came to my little humble uh, press uh, conference office, or press box office, rather, at Wofford for our first Panther Talk interview. You guys may, you guys may remember the rave reviews that played, too. Then um, I don't know why I even said that. It was a good interview. My part was good. Uh, but, no, I'm just kidding. Scott Fitterer uh, welcomed our Panther Talk microphones into his office just a short while ago, and that interview is coming up next. Listening to your favorite Carolina Panthers podcast has never been easier. Simply download the Amazon Alexa app, add the Carolina Panthers skill, and say, Alexa, play Carolina Panthers. Now, playing Carolina Panthers. Be sure to also add the Carolina Panthers flash briefing to your morning routine. For more information, visit Panthers.com. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Atrium Health. Because you deserve to live your best life, and we're here to help. Flanker to the right, Panthers get it snapped. Walker looking, scanning, reverses Fran Tarkin in style. Rolls out to the near side. Now the sidearm throw, in zone, caught for the touchdown. Right side. First touchdown of the game for Carolina, and that looks like Tommy Trimble, Tommy Trimble. the tight end. He came out here, we evaluated it. Uh, we just didn't win. You know, and I, uh, I don't care if it's a preseason game, I don't care if it's a scrimmage. We want to win everything that we do. So for us to have a, a lead late in the game and not put the game away is, uh, is not what we want. And um, as I said to our team, the twos and threes aren't playing today. The Carolina Panthers are playing today. And so, um, but, you know, we had a chance to hopefully learn from this and, and, and grow and become a better team. But uh, So I got that. We got the lessons from it, but we didn't get the win, which is what we came for. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. Season's just getting going, but it's gotten to be where it's one of our favorite times of the week. We get a chance to catch up with Scott Fitterer, the general manager of the Carolina Panthers, and touch the red wire to the black wire a little bit and see what kind of current is flowing. What would you think overall, Scott, about the Carolina Panthers, the trip to Indy, and in what ways we might have gotten better? You know, I thought it was a great week as far as the joint practices. You know, being able to stack up, you know, really Thursday, Friday with the, with the Colts. Um, see the vets go against the vets. That's what we went up there for. That was where we got our real work in for the week. Uh, we got to see our offensive line against a really good defensive line. You know, there's some players that sat out. But overall, I felt really good about the week. I thought we grew as a team. You know, we went up there the first day, and we were, you know, just trying to be polite. You know, you're, you're trying to practice the right way. 
and they kind of went a little bit harder than us on the first day. Not that the effort was more. It's just a little more physicality on their side, and we were playing more thud tempo. Well, what I liked about it is our players came out, made a decision, hey, listen, we're not going to uh, back down to these guys. And we came out, and we set the tempo day two. Uh, we had physicality. We had great effort. We just You saw the leadership and the guys step up. And that's what you want to see in joint practices like this. You want to see that growth. You want to see a young team develop an identity and attitude and that toughness. And I thought that really stood out. And then we got into the game, and we played a lot of young guys in the game. And I thought there were a lot of good things early as far as, you know, our pass rush and, you know, our young guys being playmakers. And then just got a little bit sloppy at the end of the game. So guys got tired. But overall, overall, I thought it was a really good week. Scott, it seems like most of the Carolina Panther players are innately kind of alpha and, and gritty individually. But as a team, does a young team kind of have to learn how and when to dis- to display that aggression? Yeah, I think that's that's a really good point you make. Uh, that's an emphasis that we put, these alpha males, these leaders. Uh, but these guys, you got to remember, these guys are 22, 23 years old. There's been a large turnover on the roster over the last two years. And so now it's their, it's their time to, to step up and shine and take on that leadership role. And uh, I think uh, you're, you're starting to see that right now. We still need progress in that area, but I really like the direction that this is going. Now, you've come from uh, Seattle, some pretty salty defenses out there, but you're not uh, that – your chronological age isn't that old. But, Scott, are you one of those GMs that believes in that saw that defense wins championships? Absolutely. I think great effort and physicality, uh, the toughness on that side of the ball – you can go with young guys. We've talked about this before, and we want those guys to step up. That's what separates great teams. All these guys have a lot of talent. It's those guys that they can push beyond what their just talent is and you know that mental edge, that toughness that they would bring and develop, and that's, that's what we want out of this defense. Scott Fitterer on Panther Talk. I'm curious about this. Most fans know what kind of time of year this is for coaches themselves, for players, but what kind of time of year is it for an NFL GM? This is one of the busiest times. This is we're evaluating thirty-one other rosters. You know, we have to cut our roster, but there's a lot of good players getting cut elsewhere. And who can we find to upgrade our roster? It's always about upgrading and adding talent to this roster and turning that back end. And so this is this almost like Christmas for a personnel guy. I mean, you can go out and you can find a lot of different, uh, a lot of different players that can help you. And so I think over the next two weeks we're going to be really active. A lot of your time is spent, your colleagues as well, in uh, darkened rooms, staring at lighted screens with clickers and whatnot. Um, is that a part of the job that you really enjoy? That's the best part of the job. You know, that's the, that's the football part of the job. You know, that's uh, coming up as a scout uh, and as a personnel director. That's what that's that's our strength. That's what we do. Now, we, when you get to be a GM, there's a lot of other things that pull you away from that. But when it comes down to it, that's the most important part. Scott, do you ever get used to the emotions that it brings up for you when you have to release a player? It's hard because you're firing a guy. And this is a, these are guys that have done this from eight years old on. The family's invested. They're invested. All the hard work in the offseason, the OTAs, the getting out of bed at 6 a.m., lifting weights. And here you are. They're laying it on the line every day. They wake up every day not knowing what's going to happen at the end of the day. Are they going to get hurt? Are they going to get fired? Whatever. So when you tell the guy – you got to remember, this is a human you're dealing with. This is a person and their livelihood. This isn't just a guy that's not doing his job on the field. I mean, it's hard, and you try to tell them the truth and give them honest feedback so they can make the best decision for their lives going forward. A couple of last questions for the boss of the Carolina Panthers. The Wofford 
uh, campus, Spartanburg's not quite in your rearview mirror, but how, based on what you're used to, how was that setting for uh, for training camp? And what do you think you'll remember most about tra- uh, tra- your first NFL training camp there? You know what? It was great. It was a really good setup. Uh, when I was in Seattle, we went away to uh, eastern Washington. I enjoyed that at the time, but it's nice to sleep in your own bed at night. I really enjoyed Wofford over the last two and a half weeks, you know, being able to get to know this team, get to know the coaches. There's a lot of growth during the day, but at nighttime, you know, just sitting around, being able to talk, guys hanging out with each other, not running home to see their families or go do something on their own for a couple hours. You know, you're together. That's where you build up that bond and that tough, you know, kind of the the uh, where, you, where it all comes together. And so I think that was a really important time for us down there. I look forward to going back for a couple more days with the Ravens and then, it will be nice to get back and get in your own bed at some point. But I, I think it was uh, – Wofford did a great job for us, and we really enjoyed it. Yeah, home can be uh, underrated at times. Wofford has been great, though. Last thing, Scott, we'll let you go. What are you looking forward to to seeing uh, about this, this Panthers-Ravens uh, little pillow fight that we're getting ready to have with them? I think this is one of the most physical defenses, one of the best defenses. They give us different blitz packages. So it gives us a chance to see different looks. And it put a lot of pressure on our quarterbacks and on our centers to make the the right calls, get us in the right formations, and just make those adjustments. And that's something that's really important going into game one with a lot of new faces here, having those looks. So game one is not your first time seeing this. And uh, the Ravens are a great team to do that against. Awesome. The great Scott Fitterer on Panther Talk, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you. I really like him and and like Matt Rule, too. It seems as though this – young minds and good ideas and they've got a plan and, and don't forget i mean he, he comes from a, a system in seattle where they won and won a lot and so uh, he's made some really good decisions there too so I, I would expect the same thing here and and i like the fact that he's, he's talking about like he's he said that firing a guy it hurts it's like because you got to tell a guy that he's not good enough for you i mean that's really what you got to go ahead and do and you got to make those tough decisions and he's been making decisions in Seattle that's been effective. And now I would expect the same thing here as he puts this uh, team together. I think even when they cut from like 90 to 85 tomorrow, that's so tough for it's these tough. guys because a lot of you know fans, even announcers, whoever, don't know who these players are. But each of those 90 players and beyond that they've had already come through at, to this point are guys they wanted here for a reason, that they thought would have a chance to improve the football team. But you have to get it down to 53. I mean, it's almost cutting it in half. So it's it's a ridiculous amount of cuts you have to make there. Uh, but even then, you're evaluating the 16-man practice squad. Uh, so a good number that you can bring back and, and put there if they're eligible for that. And, Mick, he said he's also evaluating other 31 teams. <laughs> There's a lot yeah. of players that's going to be – who's going to get cut from different teams that he's going to be looking at and say, oh, we got to get that person. they got a big board up there that has people lined up. If then this happens, this happens. So they've already made those decisions beforehand so that it's not all the hard work that you have to do. You know, the uh, Looking at the Ravens roster, they came back and won their first preseason game against the Saints. They got a quarterback, Trace McSorley. Doesn't that sound like a detective from back in the 50s? <laughs> yeah. Trace oh, yeah. McSorley like, on Carm- the case. Carmen San Diego. <laughs> Kid played it. Exactly. Kid played at uh, Penn State. Yeah, I remember. And, uh, good athlete. Yes. But, Actually called one of his college games. Did you? Yeah, who's the, cool. the, uh, the Pitt-Penn State game, yeah. He got hurt. He bent over picking up a box on Saturday night and hurt his back. So he'll be out for a few weeks. Ouch. But uh, on the defensive side, I'm looking at their D, and, of course, they're, they're great. But Calais Campbell, starting right defensive end, who stands nine feet tall and weighs <laughs> 500 pounds, it seems like. Is that the same Calais Campbell from New Orleans? 
No? No, from Arizona. From Arizona. Yeah, from I mean, Arizona? Arizona yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness, yeah. 34 years old, but he's been in the league 14 years. So yeah, but he's young. been in the league 14 years, and he's been savvy in Could the you league imagine 14 playing years. 14 years? Uh, you imagine uh, playing 16 years? Oh Unheard of. Unheard of. I mean, that's almost. <laughs> Ouch. Old body. This. Why are we talking about this? But you played two years longer than he did, yeah, as did. if he's played a long time. Yeah, yeah, so what we're going to talk about with Eugene and the Zoke coming out of this break is when, if at all, do the Panther regulars need to play in the preseason? No! no. Uh, don't give it away. Uh-uh, no! Come back with more <laughs> Panther well, goes that segment. right after these messages on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Go behind the scenes of the Carolina Panthers. Join Kristen Balboni, Darren Gant, and Will Bryan for the Happy Half Hour. Each week, the gang covers all things relating to your Carolina Panthers, both on and off the field. The Happy Half Hour and all our Panthers podcasts are available now on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Alexa. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. I think we're going to have a disagreement here. It's going to be on and popping because (laughs) Eugene seems to think that these Panther starters should have, perhaps, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, should have played. Yes, they should have played. And definitely should play. How much would you play in weeks two and three in the preseason? I would play them. I would treat uh, game number two like game number preseason three game. Oh, preseason three game where you play two quarters, go in halftime, come back out and play a series. So that would be this week against yes, Baltimore. absolutely. But what do you think, Zoe? Well, I think this. I mean, we don't know what the work on Wednesday and Thursday will look like. And the reason I say that is we've got rain now. There's rain tomorrow. They've already moved tomorrow's regular practice back to the afternoon from morning. You know, what kind of amount of work will they get in Wednesday, Thursday, based on weather with the Ravens? So if they can get in a lot of work like they did up in Indianapolis, then maybe do less. Uh, but if they have weather issues, they got to kind of be careful – and and not doing a whole lot of anything physical because of the, the conditions, you know. Then maybe they play even longer on Saturday. To me, I think yeah, getting some game experience, whether it's putting the, the offense out there, not talking about McCaffrey. I'm just talking about you know some of the main starters, not all of them, and just you know simple plays, handoffs, quick passes, something where you're not putting your quarterback in jeopardy, just to get a little rhythm. Obviously, he'll play in the third game. It's already been said, uh, but I, I do think you need to, to have some preparation, obviously, like that if you can. See, I think Eugene's logic is flawed, perhaps fatally flawed, because he's <laughs> you're applying the old model to a, a new setup where the Panthers are the only team in the NFL that has lined up practices against two other teams gotcha. in the preseason and two veteran teams, each of whom went 11-5 and five a year ago. Gotcha. So in the controlled environment, if you're intense on Wednesday, get a lot of work done, intense against the Ravens on Thursday and get a lot of work done. What you're doing is you're not is you're actually able to see all the Ravens schemes. The whole reason the Ravens are being brought in is because of their exotic blitz packages that the Panthers don't practice to show that to Sam Darnold. They won't show that in a preseason game because they're vanilla in the preseason game, but in practice they'll show it. But here's where the flaw is on your part. I'm not talking about the fact that you show what the team's going to do. I'm talking about you get into football shape. Well, this is what we're talking about. They should already be in shape. This you is know, the National no, Football no, no. League. These are no, millionaire athletes. No, at the top it's not of their, that. 
The height Listen, of their powers. You get in football shape by playing preseason <laughs> games. I try to quit smoking. No. And li- and <laughs> you get in football shape by playing games, having a, going into the quarter, at the quarter, and going on the sideline, drinking Gatorade, go back and forth. That's how you get in shape. You don't get in shape where you have controlled environments because a football game is not a controlled environment. It's not that. It is not practice where you go, we're going to give you three plays, and you get five plays here, and you get three plays, and we're going to show it. Let's go to the goal line. No, it is this team that had a 17-play drive on you. What are you going to go ahead and do when they have a 17-play drive on you? You're going to tell a guy, hey, hold starters. on, wait a minute. Let's use all my time so we can give our guys a break. No, you, you got to get in football shape. Va- valid points about football the shape. game. No, <laughs> terrible points about that. Val- <laughs> football valid shape. points about I-, I get the part, and you're the expert, of course. I'm just trying to learn. But I get the part about – you want to see your locker. You want your uniform. You want to get out there. You want to get oiled up, the bright lights, the smell of the grease paint, the roar of the crowd. But it makes no sense when you say to get in shape. I mean, what do they need to do, quit smoking and have less salty snacks? No. It's, the guys you played with probably took, put a Marlboro out on the side of their, <laughs> they their <did>. neck roll <laughs> before they went out there to play. This is a different era. They did. But isn't it a little bit different because you're a drummer? Isn't it a little bit different from practicing and playing a set? And playing a set where you have about five oh, or six songs, he went nine songs, guy. ten songs. Oh, no. he went band. So you got we nine, ten songs in a row. Oh, we got to take a break now. All right. <laughs> now when it's band talk, it's a little more serious. <laughs> no, it's val- that's, that's a valid point. Uh-huh. We'll, we'll, we'll you got a ten-play set right there, Mick. I'm saying I should use this out. No, it is because you – right. I mean, you know, it's totally different. Oh, totally you make different. a mistake, now it's yeah. very, very so public you, so, and visible. So you agree with me. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I give you. I give you an A in breathing. Okay, you you snuck that in at the end. That was good. There there you go. right. Take a short break. Come back and then I don't know. We'll let Zuck figure out what we're going to do after the break. You still aren't talking anymore. These messages <laughs> on Panther Talk. Each week on the Jordan and Jake podcast, Panthers Hall of Honor members Jordan Gross and Jake Delome share their thoughts on all things Carolina Panthers. Available now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. And another thing, Eugene. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So, Zoke, Eugene, what do you what do you think we have in Sam Darnold, and would you expect to see him play on Saturday night? I'm not even going to guess because, like I said, we got to see honestly what happens Wednesday, Thursday. I think we'll we'll determine that. Coach will determine Thursday. I think it will come down because of the weather situation here. How much uh, work they get in. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they get out there and play at least like a series or two, uh, but uh, we don't know that, so it's it's hard to say on that. To me, uh, it's an unknown. I'd like to give you an answer. Like I think he's eight out of ten. I think he, on a scale of ten, I think he's this and he's that. I, I think you can only again judge so much from seven out of seven drills and uh, occasional scrimmaging and things like that to where we have not seen him in a Panther preseason game. I know he's got three seasons of NFL evidence against him, but you know the, the situation's different here with the surroundings and the players and the coaching staff here. I think it, it remains uh, an uncertainty at this point as far as are we talking about can he lead you to the playoffs? Will he just be okay? Uh, will he be exceeding expectations? I, I think it's, it's for us to be determined. I don't, I don't think we know the answer to that. You know, if I'm coach, if I had a – if I had a uh, you know an opinion and I could tell a coach something, I would say I want him to play. And I think that Sam Darnold, if I'm him, I'll be chopping at the bit to get out there because I just left New York. Uh, that's a hard market to play in. It's not all my fault. I want to come out here and show you what I can absolutely do and how I can lead a team. And I have a new lease on life here in the Carolinas. 
almost some some cover, some anonymity. I can go out there and be stellar and be and 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 be a beast. And I I would want to be out there and say, hey, I need to play these preseason games. I want to be out there because I need to get the timing and all that stuff done when it's when it's live. And so, I, yeah, we'll have it in practice. But if I could do that, I'm telling Coach Rule, put him out there. Let's see what he can do. The game will be uh, August 21st. That's this Saturday, I believe. The, the Panthers don't open up until, what is it, September 12th? So mm-hmm. that's a long time. So would any preseason uh, good feelings, any confidence that a, a player or a team might get this early in the preseason have to be that, – would that cake have to be rebaked on September 12th? I, I don't think so. This this is a young team. Even the guys who are veterans, uh, Brian Burns, those guys, they're young. This is a very, very young team. Talking about Daquan is what he's thirty something years old. All right, this team is a young team. This team needs to be out there playing. This team needs to be out there playing as much as possible because if they are, they're going to get a lot of chemistry, and we saw chemistry towards the end of the season. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Good show, guys. I no enjoyed doubt. it. I enjoyed Good job, it. Eugene. <laughs> I <Is> enjoyed it. <laughs> First couple of minutes were a little slow, but I picked up after that. Picked, picked it up after that. We thank all the boys in the shop: Harold, Ben, Jerry, Wendell, Byron. Amy, Fid, the rest for David Langton, the Zoke, Jeannie Roberts, Mick. We'll see you next time for another Panther Talk right here. This has been Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule. Brought to you by Atrium Health. Because you deserve to live your best life and we're here to help. Bank of America, official bank of the Carolina Panthers. Coke, official fan refreshment of the Carolina Panthers. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network.